Would you help me welcome Pastor Marty as he comes today? Thank you, Pastor Todd. I'm working on that selfish side of me. Paul is trying to help me with that. So. <laughs> Amen. I love this church. Can I just say that? I love this church. I love this house. I love the ministry of Christ Fellowship. I love the North Georgia Revival. Couldn't imagine being anywhere else but here. Um, very grateful for this team. Grateful for the executive staff, our elders, Congregation, second to none. Would you agree? Amen. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I, um, that book is a, probably a four or five year effort of what's going on in my life, what's going on in that pool or wherever we're serving. Um, I fought to write that book. I'm not an author. I don't think, I, I don't like to read. I dropped out of college because I was not a very good student. I didn't read very well. I didn't test very well. Sometimes I didn't test at all. <laughs> I don't endorse that. I'm just telling you what, what my life was about. And, um, and so, but when the Lord instructs to write something, here we go, that's for me, so I don't jingle those around. When the Lord instructs you to write something, you just, you're obedient. And my yes was there before he asked. And putting that thing together, wow. When you have something in your heart and, and in your mind and in, in your spirit, to try to communicate all that into book form, ink on paper, man, it's the staring at the computer, the having to get up and walk away because your eyes cross and, you know, you just, my Lord. So I don't know how pastor's written 72 books and pastor, you know, it's like just spitting them out, you know, like, like sermons. And, and so it, it's just a beautiful thing. I just know that the Lord not only still speaks today, but he desires to speak. He, not that he can, he wants to. And he's just looking for anybody's. That's, that's, it, my greatest gift to you is if the Lord can use me to do anything, <laughs> that's my greatest gift to you, to look at this donkey and go, hey, if God can use that boy right there, he can surely use me. And if God can speak to him the way I've, I've been able to, to hear from him and release that into people's lives, then he can do it for any of us, and he wants to. Um, the point of the book is not only to understand what he's saying, but to echo what he says precisely. I think too many times we have opinions. You remember that old story? And I hadn't even gotten the message, I didn't hear. You know that old, the game used to play in kids, uh, in school, kids ministry, when everybody get around the circle and you would whisper in somebody's ear, the teacher would whisper, and by the time it got around, it started off as, you know, locomotive, coming into the train station, by the time it got around, it was school bus broke down on the side of the road. And you're like, where did that come from? But it's because people's ears weren't tuned in. And so in the book, I just, I just try to communicate the best I can how I try to dial in to what the Lord is saying to the best of my ability and some of the things that distracts me from hearing him because he's always speaking. He's always speaking. We just have to get ourselves in a position um, to hear him. You may, not, you may not remember this. You may be too young for this, but back in the day in, in mom and daddy's car, there was a radio with a little red or orange dial, that little stick. And if you wanted to hear 
a radio station, you had to turn that thing and sometimes you would almost hear it. There'd be some static, you'd almost hear it and you'd go past it and you'd hear sta static again. Then you'd back it up a little bit and you'd hear it again and then it'd go static again. But if you just took your fingers and just got real still, that's part of it, get still. And then just get it just right and then don't touch it. You'll, you'll just stay locked in right there and you can hear. But when we touch it, static shows up. Anyway. All right. Anyway, 2 Kings chapter 13. 2 Kings chapter 13. And before it's over uh, this evening, we need to make sure we get some people to pray over these. Have we already done that? Okay. We need to pray over those rags, uh, cloths, send them all over. I saw one from Ontario, Canada over here. So the, the need is, is increasing ever more every day. Sickness, disease, issues that people need ministering to. So we just get the honor and privilege and responsibility to pray over these cloths and send them out and believe God that what he did in Acts 19, in Paul's day, he will do today. I like it. Thanks, Andrew. Rest of you go home. <laughs> Thank you. It's important that this, we do this, this ministry impacts the world. Uh, on top of that announcement is make sure, men, where are all the men? Raise your hand, men. All the men, if you want to be part of the women's conference, you can. You just, we need you to serve. We need you to volunteer. We have a QR code that we can throw up on the screen. It's right there. You can scan that code, or you can go to the table right outside those doors. There's a registration sheet out there. Put your name, put your email address and phone number so we can contact you. Write in English or uh, a legible um, language that we can understand. Don't write in tongues. We don't interpret sign-up sheets. No translators for that. Thanks for that courtesy laugh, Corey. <laughs> Second Kings. Chapter 13. Look at verse 14. Now when Elisha had fallen sick with the illness of which he was to die, Second Kings 13, verse 14. Now when Elisha had fallen sick with the illness of which he was to die, Joash, king of Israel, went down to him, wept before him, crying, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. Elisha was the prophet, the man of God, um, God's choice servant of the day. Joash was the king of Israel, so I want to make sure you understand there's a priest, there's a, there's a, there's a prophet here, there's a mouthpiece of the Lord here, and then there's the king of Israel, king of the land. Do we see that? Joash, although he was king of Israel, um, he didn't necessarily follow Elisha's God. He believed in him, he just didn't follow him. So there was a lot of sin, a lot of mischief. He believed in Elisha's God, like I said, he believed, he just didn't fully trust him. And so Joash kind of did his own thing and ruled the land like he wanted to rule, got himself and his land in a lot of trouble. Matter of fact, the Syrians are attacking, about to take over the land. And that's why he's running to Elisha, the man of God, saying, we need help and you're dying. You can't do this because without you, we're in trouble because this is like your God's land. I'm just trying to manage it the best of my ability and do my thing. And if you go, 
we go. We need you. That's what's happening in 2 Kings 13, 14. He wept before him, crying, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And Elisha said to him, take a bow and arrows. So he took a bow and arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, draw the bow. And Joash drew the bow. And Elisha laid his hands on the king's hands. Do you get the picture? Elisha tells him, pick up the bow and arrows. He picks it up. He draws it back. Elisha comes over and puts his hands on the king. Did you see that? I think too many of us are doing our own thing in our own power. And the Lord is saying, man, if you just let me put my hands on what you put your hands to, if you'll just let me get into what you're getting into, we can do some things. If you want to pull the bow back on your own, you can. If you want me to take my hands off, I will. You can do it on your own. But boy, if I get to put my hands on your hands. Anyway. Good. All right. So then he said to the king of Israel, draw the bow. And he drew it. And Elisha laid his hands on the king's hands. And he said, open the window eastward. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, shoot. And he shot. I don't know if you're picking up already what's happening here. The man of God is given instruction. And the man is obedient. God will always give you instruction and he will keep giving orders until we disobey. Then you'll hush. He'll move away and do something else and go on to somebody else that's obedient. But as long as we're obedient, he'll continue to give us instruction. The moment we're disobedient, he's going to find somebody else that's willing to be obedient. If he won't use you, he'll find somebody. Elijah said, I'm the last one left. No, no, I've got 7,000 more I can use. If you won't be obedient to what I've told you to do, I will use somebody else. It's not that God, Pastor Jeremy, it's not that God's favoring other people over us. It's just maybe their obedience was a little, you know what I'm saying? And so over and over, Elisha gives instruction, the king obeys. Elisha said, shoot, and he shot. And he said, the Lord's arrow of victory, the arrow of victory over Syria. For you shall fight the Syrians in Aphek until you have made an end of them. You see that? You will fight them until you've destroyed them. Verse 18. And then he said, take the arrows. This is Elisha telling him once again, take the arrows. And he, Joash, took them. And he said to the king of Israel, he, Elisha, said to the king of Israel, Joash, strike the ground with them. What did he do? He struck three times. He was obedient. He struck the ground. But he struck it three times and he stopped. Then the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck the ground five or six times. Then you would have struck down Syria until you made an end of it. But now you will strike down Syria only three times. How many times did he strike the ground? How many times did Elisha say you will take down Syria? Just three. The heart of the kingdom was, the mission of the kingdom was, the goal of the kingdom was to annihilate the Syrians. But because you only hit the ground three times, you'll only defeat them three times, but they'll still come back after you. Y'all see that? I kind of got a little offended. Can I just be transparent? Got a little offended, Adam. I was like, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait a minute. 
something's wrong here. Elisha, the man of God, you told, you told Joash to pick up the bow, and he picked up the bow, didn't he? Then he said, take the arrows. They took the arrows, obedient. Then he said, pull back the bow with the arrow in it. Didn't he do that? Three of y'all read that? The, quick, the more you uh, engage, the quicker it goes. So. <laughs> he did exactly what the man of God said. But then when he said, take the arrow in your hand and hit the ground with it, that was the only instruction the man of God gave him. Maybe you would have hit it more. Maybe you would have hit it less. He just said strike the ground. He didn't say how many times. Three. He, he struck it three times. I mean, three strikes and you're... Maybe he was thinking of the Syrians. <laughs> if I hit it three times, three strikes, they're out. And the man of God came back and rebuked him. How dare you? Willie, he said, how dare you only hit the ground three times? If it were me, I would have said, hey, hey, Joel, I would have said, listen, Elisha, just Joash here. Um, you told me to take the bow up, I did. You told me to take up the arrows, I did. You told me to hit the ground, you told me to draw it back, I hit the ground. You just said hit the ground, I hit the ground. So it's my fault you didn't tell me to hit it three times. Or is it? Or is it? Maybe he didn't tell him how many times to hit the ground because he didn't want to put a limit on what God wanted to do in Joash's life with the Syrians. He said, you only hit it three times, you should have hit it six. Five or six. He maxed out at six. Joash did half of what Elisha expected. This spoke to me. Marty, how many times do you do half of what I've expected you to do? How many times do you settle for half of what I wanted to do? Well, Lord, if you'd have told me to hit it six times, I would have hit it six times. He said, I am not a puppet master. I'll give you the tools to get it done. It's your faith that I will meet. If you have faith for three strikes, I'll meet you at three strikes. If you've got faith for six strikes, I'll meet you at six. I believe if Elisha would have sit there, uh, I believe if Joash would have sit there and pounded and pounded and pounded and pounded and pounded, not only would he have taken out the Syrian army, but anybody else who sticks their ugly head in it. But because he didn't, because he stopped. Because he stopped. Because he, he took his eyes off of what the man said. The man said, hit the ground. It wasn't about the quantity it was the quality. Just hit the ground. Just do what I've called you to do. Keep, keep hitting the ground. And so, and so uh, I'm all about sermon titles. Y'all know me. I love sermon titles. I've always, 18 years of youth ministry, you got to have a little graphic. And so the more I read this, I was like, Lord, I stopped too soon at a lot of things when I should have hit it again. Damn. The Lord's like, why are you giving up on that? Hit it again. But I already got in the water for that. Hit it again. I already been to the altar 14 times for that. Okay. Hit it again. I already believed for my daughter to get off that, that meth. Okay. Hit it again. 
I gave one time in an offering and nothing happened. Good. Hit it again. Y'all, I don't know about you, but as a young man, probably in our 20s, I guess, I started doing New Year's resolutions. Anybody, anybody else ever, ever done it? Not, maybe not now, but in the past. Let me see your hand. Don't lie, you're in church. If you've ever had a New Year's resolution, no matter what it was, you had a New Year's resolution. I was guilty of that. Every year I'd start the New Year, New year off like mo most of you, many of you, and I would say I'm going to lose some weight, I'm going to save some money, money and I'm going to get in the gym so I can work out, exercise more. Look at, look at the resolution. This is 2023. The most common New Year's resolutions among United States citizens. Watch this. Number one, exercise more. Number two, get healthier. Lose weight. Save money. Spend more time with family and friends. Spend less time on social media. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. To reduce stress on the job, to reduce spend. None of that has anything to do with glorifying the Lord. None of it. Not one thing. Yet that's America's New Year's resolution. I don't know. Some of us may be in that number. I don't know. I don't know if you did that survey. I don't do them foolish surveys. But anyway, look. Look at this. Everything. It's year after year after year after year. The same stinking thing year after year. Do you know 38% you know of all Americans will have a New Year's resolution? At least one. And only 9% ever succeed. You have a 91% failure rate at New Year's resolutions. You know why? A resolution is nothing more than a determined decision. Josh, a determined decision will get you nowhere without action. So instead of a decision in 2023, maybe we need discipline. Because when my decision wears out, like I'm going to go to the gym three times a week, I'm going to get up at 5.30, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go to the gym, you're going to do good for about a week. Do you know 29% of those people who made that out of the 38%, 29 or so will lose, will, will fail in the first week? That, that's why, if you do New Year's resolutions, that's wonderful, wonderful. I'm not, I'm not preaching against New Year's resolutions. I'm just saying the reason that we stop and we fail a lot of times is because we do things based on our decisions, not our disciplines. My body tells me to eat whether I feel like it or not. Drink water whether I feel like it or not. Your body eventually in time will tell you you need to stop and slow down or I'm going to shut off. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes we need discipline. The decision is wonderful. But unless that decision is coupled with my determined discipline, it's just, it's like shadow boxing. You know what I'm talking about? Paul preached on that. Paul talked about that. He said, when he talks about running your race, he goes on to say something like, I don't beat the air aimlessly. He talked about shadow boxing. That's what happens. A New Year's resolution is shadow boxing. I make a decision. Great, that decision is going to do nothing for you until you put some action and some, and some discipline with it. 
whether I want to or not, whether I feel like it or not, we give based on a discipline we have built in our lives early on at salvation 30 years ago when we, we established in our relationship. It may not be for you, but it is for us. We determine in our relationship, we're not going to decide to be a tither. We're going to be disciplined to tithe. When I don't feel like giving the tithe, when the money's not in the bank to tithe, our discipline says, you give it anyway and trust God. I've heard of people giving their last $22.67 in an offering on a, on a Wednesday night, and before they could get out in the parking lot good, somebody handed them $200. I don't have anything else to give, and the books, the, the, the books, it doesn't add up. If I give it now, I'm empty. And the Lord says, no, no. No, that's when the quiver, that's when you've made the quiver ready for me to refill it again. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those that like to hit the ground running. You know what I'm saying? I, whether it's going on vacation, um, I can't get out the door fast enough. When it's like flying to go to another city, like we'll, we'll be traveling some and, and preaching. Um, if, 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 say, we preach in Columbus, Ohio at 7 o'clock on a certain night, we're going to be at the airport probably by 6.30 or 7 in the morning. Because I'm eager. I want to hit the ground running. She's like, we don't fly for another three hours. It's okay. I like to go. I like to get, just hit the ground running. How many of you go on vacation and you just hit the ground running to get there? Man, we can't get there fast enough. Me and you. We can't get there. If I just hit the ground running. 2023, we should be the same. We should have the same, uh, 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 that word. We should have the same oomph. We should have the same desire to hit the ground running. And, and, and I believe the Lord wants us to hit the ground running. I do. I believe if, if, if we do anything, we should do it with our whole heart. I believe that whatever I do, I'm going to do it as unto the Lord. I believe that anything worth doing in life, anything worth investing my time in, anything I decide to commit to is worth doing with my whole heart. Amen. That's when I play ping pong. I may not be good, but I promise you, I'm going to give it everything I got. If we go shopping on Fridays, we have a date day. Yeah, I'm going to shop for those sales and that red sticker. We just love it. I'm going to go after it with everything I got. <laughs> if we're playing pickleball, any pickleballers, any pickleballers, we just picked up on that sport. If you want to get whooped, just call me and my wife. We'll put it on you. No mercy. If we're going to play pickleball for the first time, I'm not going to go out there and just kind of smack around. We're going to go after it, falling on the ground, tripping over my shoes. I don't care. I'm going after it. Why? Anything worth doing in life is worth doing it as unto the Lord and with your whole heart and with enthusiasm. Yes. My God, if you don't enjoy doing it, sit down and let somebody else who enjoys doing it jump in. Well, I've been doing it for 37 years. But you hate it. Move. Let somebody else who loves to do it and wants to do it get in there. Well, okay. Amen. If I'm playing ping pong, I'm all in. If I'm, if I'm cutting the grass, my God, I'm cutting the stripes in there. I want the, I want the one side to fall that way, the other side the blaze to fall this way. So when you look at it, you can see those dark light, dark light. Y'all know what I'm talking about? All the men, like, yeah, yeah. Why? I just believe if you do something like that, you should do it with your whole heart. Have fun at it.
Be excellent at it. Because God's always watching. And, and, if, you're, woo, and if, you're, if you're jobless and you're at home cutting the grass, I want some business owner to drive by me and, and watch me cut my, mow my yard and sees how detailed I am with my, bla, uh, my, my, my blades of grass and my lawnmower. I want them to see because, because if I'm jobless and I'm out there with excellence and he's, he stops by and says, hey, what do you do for a living? Right now, mowing the lawn, <laughs> that's all I got. Oh, so you need a job? Yeah. Well, I happen to own this business and I need somebody just like you. Anybody that'll take the time that you're taking to cut your grass and put those stripes in there and do keep your lawn more maintained and shining, I need you. The Lord's looking. He will send somebody in your path. If you do it as unto the Lord, the Lord will orchestrate people in your path to put promotion in your lap. Just telling you. Just telling you. If I'm cutting the grass, I'm all in. If I'm playing ping pong, if I'm in the water, I'm all in. I believe anybody that would drive 14 hours to come stand in that water is worth my attention, my love, my service, my ministry, anything God's called me to. I'm gonna do it with my whole heart. I'm gonna act like nobody else is in the building but them, and it's just them because they deserve that moment with him, and I just need to get out of the way. Just the way it is. I'm not just gonna come in here and hit it one time and expect God to do something. I'm going to keep hitting and hitting and hitting and hitting and showing up and showing up. That's what I mean when I say hit it. Hit it again. Get back in again. Let God use you again in the altar. Where's all the altar workers that signed up, got the badge, wanted to be here, and then, and then Pastor Sherry's having to hunt you down to try to find some altar workers. You should be chasing her down saying, put me in. Now I'll just, hit, I'll just strike twice and I'm out. She didn't call me that last time. I walked by her over there and she didn't look at me. No, because she was carrying somebody with stage four cancer to a pool and she didn't have time to pat you on the back and say, thank you for folding the towels just exactly right. Okay, strike it, hit it again. I don't feel like it, hit it again. Hit it when you don't feel like it. Hit it when you're mad. Just maybe if you're mad and sad and don't want to show up on a Sunday night to revival, my God, why would you stay home? It's like being married and me calling my wife and go, hey, Sunday night, I'm not coming home. I'm gonna go hang out with the boys till 6 a.m. or whatever. I'm still married to you, but I wanna be at the house. I wanna be somebody else's house. I don't wanna, does that make sense? I just, uh, how would she feel? There's a marriage. He's the groom, I'm the bride. I'm showing up for him. I'm not showing up for all of y'all. I love you, but I'm coming for him. I don't know if that's my night when he's gonna move in my family, my life, somebody else that, I don't know. But I'll never know unless I keep striking the ground. Now that I made most of them, man. Hit it again. Somebody say, hit it again. Yeah. Hit it again. Whew. This is what I love about, I was telling Tom Fowler before, I've never preached this message. First time with illustration on Wednesday night too, I think. I don't know. I like it. <laughs> Helps me remember. When, when, when Elisha said, grab the bow, pick it up, and he, then he said, take the arrows, pick them up, remember that? Get them ready. I think he was telling them this to say, I want to see if you're ready or not. I want to see if you want to obey or not. I'll see if you are going to obey. And if you're not going to obey, then I'm not going to move forward. But if you'll pick the bow up and you'll pick these up, now let's put one in the bow and see what we can do. See, every time the Lord gives you an instruction, your obedience unlocks another door. It unlocks another mission. 
Well, I've already been to Bogota, Colombia, Marty. First time on a mission trip, 1990, whatever it was. I've, Lord, I've already been on a mission trip. Good, I want to unlock Haiti. I want to unlock Honduras. I want to always do something different. I'm always going to give, when you're obedient to the one thing, I always want to unlock another door of obedience for another. So after he picked up the bow, he's like, all right, I did it. Pick up the arrows, did it. Take one and put it in the bow, did it. The moment he does that, the, the, the man of God, Elisha, comes and puts his hands on Joash's hands. I don't know. It's not in the scripture. Just go with me. I'm, I'm persuaded, Jerry, that if Joash picked up the bow and the arrow, I'm persuaded. Maybe I'm wrong. Correct me later. I believe that if Joash would have picked it up by himself and not let the man of God put his hands on there, he could have only pulled it back so far. But when the man of God comes over, the faith that he had, the vision that he had, the way he spoke to the Lord and the way the Lord spoke to Elisha, he had fellowship with the king of glory. He had fellowship with the creator of the universe. And I believe Joash could have pulled it back a little bit, but not as far when the man of God comes over and puts the super to the natural. Joash pulls it back and does exactly what he can do. And then Elisha says, good, now watch. And he puts kingdom on it and then... The distance, the distance of the stretching, the pain in the stretching, it hurts. It's, it's, it's my shoulders. It's the, the distance, the gap in the stretching determines the, the velocity and the accuracy of the arrow. If the arrow, if the target is the exit sign on that door, and I pull the string back to here and thunk, the, it's, it's gonna miss every time. But, uh, but I gotta put some stretching to it. I gotta put some pain in it. I gotta, I gotta put the velocity of which that arrow comes out is going to determine where it's gonna hit. Maybe the Lord's stretching you because he wants you to go further than you ever dreamed of. Maybe the stretching is not because he's mad at you. Maybe God's not put you in a position where it's stretching you and challenging you because he's mad or upset or you got out of line. Just maybe your obedience unlocked a door that's a, 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 a stretching, a, a challenging, a pulling back. Lord, I've never, I've never done this. You've never asked me to do this. Wonderful. That means where he's got you going, it's going to take some velocity. It's going to take some accuracy. He's got to get you dialed in. I don't need a resolution. I need a revolution. I looked up the definition of the revolution. <laughs> the revolution is an overthrow of a government or a social order in favor of a brand new system. The resolution is a mere decision. A revolution is a complete overthrow. Now I'm going to help you in the natural. You won't you want 2023 to be the year of the breakthrough in your finances and your bank account? Let the, let the king of glory stretch you when it comes to giving like you've never been stretched before. The greatest seed my wife and I ever gave, we scraped up everything. This was years and years ago, probably 28, 27, 28 years ago, maybe. 
We scraped our bank account. We scraped our safety <laughs> savings account. Remember this? We scraped it dry. And we felt the Lord tell us to give in this certain offering. And we felt it. We knew it. We said, God, it's going to take everything we've got. We're going to deplete our bank account. But we stretched. We said, oh, God, stretch us. Stretch us. I don't want to, I don't want to be in 2023 where I was in 22 or 21 or 20. God, take me to new places, new heights, new endeavors, new adventures. Let's go. Let's raise the dead. Let's just don't settle for stage four cancer. Let's raise the dead. If he said do it, Joel, let's do it. But it's going to take us allowing him to put his hands on our hands. Well, I think I'll fast more to get God's attention. He's not confused. Get his attention. He's not confused. He knows exactly where he wants to be. You don't have to get his attention. He's not distracted. We are. Fasting doesn't get God's attention in your life. It gets you, your attention focused on him. Mm. Well, glory. Are we, are, we, are we doing all right? I mean, is it, y'all tired? You ready to go? The resolution is a decision. The revolution is a complete overthrow. In the natural, if you want, let's take number one. Can you put the New Year's resolutions back up? Well, let's take number one. I didn't say it. They did. To exercise more. With a show of hands. Heads up, eyes open, everybody looking around. If exercise more is on your agenda for this year, let me see your hand. Let me see. It's number one on the list. Your resolution will not get you there. Unless you happen to fall in the 9% few, minority. What will get you there every time is a revolution, an overthrow and change of government. Meaning, I'm not only going to decide, I'm going to put the discipline in there to where when the alarm goes off, I don't have a snooze. There's no option. There's no plan B. Plan A is get up, put those shoes on, put those sneakers on, put those sweats on, go to the gym. Half of it's just showing up. I'm serious. Half of it's just walking in. The moment you walk in, I promise you, you're not going to stand around very long on your cell phone because people are going to be bumping into you. Get out of the way. We've got things to do. We've got exercise. got machines to get to. And it's going to cause you to want to jump in. You want to sit around eating bananas and swinging on trees? Hang out with the monkeys. If you want to be, if you want to be one of those that say, God, you called this my temple. I got one shot at it. If you called me to hike Honduras four and a half hours up a mountain and I'm not ready, then all I was doing was stretching in my own power and I didn't let you put your hands on my hands. I'm going to put myself in a position where you can send me wherever on a moment's notice, financially, physically, emotionally, spiritually, I'm ready to go. Here I am. Send me. Isaiah could say that because Isaiah was ready. Elisha wanted Joash to be ready, so he said, I got to get you ready. Joash, your resolution to overthrow the Syrians ain't going to work. A revolution will. You need an overthrow. The only way to get an overthrow is a revolution in your life. The way to get the revolution is some discipline that says, I'm going to sit there and strike that ground. The man that God didn't tell him how long, so I would have hit it until he told me to stop. That would have made sense. 
than just restructure out maybe. Just keep hitting it. I would rather <laughs> when, we're, when, we're in, when we're in here, I just speak for this poll. When we're in here, Pastor Sherry, I would much rather stand there till 4 a.m. and God keeps sending them on in, sending them on in, than to peek around the corner after every baptism and go, are we done yet? Hit it again. Keep sending them. Keep your body, your temple in a place where you can be used like that, where I can be used like that. I want to be fit for the kingdom. Pun intended. Fit for the kingdom. Not fit for a mirror. Not fit for a scale. Fit for the kingdom. Notice that Elisha didn't take the shot. Joash did. God won't do it for you. Lord, if you'll give me more money, I'll tithe more. You missed your shot. Lord, if you'll come pick me up out of the boat, I'll walk on the water with you. You missed your shot. Jesus didn't pick up Peter and say, here, let me scoop you up. Poor pitiful Peter. No, he said, if you want what I got, you come where I'm at. If you want what I've got, you come where I'm at. Come get it. Elisha, didn't, he didn't take the shot. Joash, you take the shot. I'll anoint what you do, but you're going to have to do it. Well, if the Lord wanted me to pray more, he'd call me and he's already called you. Who was it? Pastor Jeff said, you don't need, for, you don't need permission for what God's already commissioned you to do. Well, I would fast if, if the Lord said fast. Jesus said, when you, not if you, when you, when you. We got to close. We got to wrap this up. Stand to your feet, Lord. <laughs> I just wonder how many of us stop prematurely. We just, we just stop right before the breakthrough. We've, we've taken the arrows, man, and we've hit the ground three times. We've, we've hit three times and we just stop prematurely. And if we're, if we're, oh Lord, I wanted to end on a good note, Lord. And if we're honest, when we clock in, our boss pays us to strike the ground we do just enough. I get paid $11.75 an hour. I'm going to strike the ground like an $11.75 an hour employee. Well, don't get mad when promotion time comes and you're over here 11.75 striking and he's like, mm -mm, I'm looking for a $15 an hour striker. You don't fit the bill. Next I do just enough. I do just enough for my marriage. I do just enough for my kids. I do just enough for this church. I'm not going to go above and beyond. Lord, why do I have to say things like this? We committed to tithes early on. 
in our walk with the Lord. 10%, no matter what, right? No matter what, it's not an option. That is not ours, that belongs to the Lord. That was our hands. What really convicted us and what really challenged us is when the Lord began to speak to both me and Paula about giving above the tithe. We're like, Lord, we're already tithing. We got the bow here. He goes, I know, but I want to put my hands on what you put your hands to. And if I put my hands on what you put your hands to, the favor of God, the blessings of God, everything I have will come upon it. But if you want to keep shooting your little shot, you got it. We're like, Lord, we'll give above and beyond. We gave that, that thing, <laughs> emptied out every account we had. Borrowed money. Borrowed money to give. So when you said that, they didn't hear you, but I'll say it. She said, when we borrowed money to give. Some of you got offended right there. But we don't blink at borrowing for a TV, a refrigerator, a vacation. We don't blink a bit. But how dare you ask me to borrow and give to We did. You work out your own salvation and uh, with fear and trembling, we'll work out ours. The Lord told us to give above and beyond and stretched us. Lord, we're giving the tithe. I know, I want you to give the offering too. Malachi, four, Mal Malachi three, will a man rob God? How do you rob me? In tithes? <laughs> Both. I was like, whoa. So we stretched with hit. He put his hands on us. The moment we released that, the moment we released it, the windows of heaven opened for me and my wife. I couldn't tell you how many multiple times we have given until it bled. We, we would give in offerings and cry. That's how bad it hurt. Like, Lord, this is the biggest, at that time, it's the biggest thing we've ever given. But we trust you. And your hand's upon it. Your word says do it, we're just gonna obey. And so for 30 years, we just keep on hitting it, hitting it, hitting it. Still blessed, hand of God's on it, we love it. What is it in your life? You're doing halfway. Elisha said if you'd have struck it six times, you would have destroyed you destroyed the Syrians. But because you hit it three times, you'll only win three battles. Then they'll come back and overtake you. And if you read on, they do that. He wins three battles. Syrians came in and just plundered them. What are you doing halfway? What are you doing half-hearted? Do you know anything you do half-hearted leads to heartburn? It is. Anything you do halfway, it leaves you depleted. When you know you can do more and are built for more, you want to do more. How can we do just enough for a more than enough God? I'm going to give you just enough. I know you're more than enough. I'm going to do just enough. I'm done. I'm not going to shoot anymore. Lord, thank you. Thank you for stretching, challenging, us to do more than we've ever done. Thank you that we have victory in obedience. Victory comes in our obedience. We're going to keep walking, keep doing, keep serving till you tell us to stop.
Not halfway, all the way. Yeah. Do you know the last part of that passage says this? Can I have a minute and a half? Can I read that last part one more time? Watch this. The last part, 2 Kings 13, it says, So Elisha died. They buried him. Now the bands of Moabites used to invade the land of the spring of the year. And as a man was being buried, behold, a marauding band had seen the man was thrown into the grave of Elisha. And as soon as the man touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood to his feet. That was the second time Elisha went bone to bone with the man and it raised that man back from the dead. The first time was the Shunammite's son. He went in and stretched out over the boy. There's something about the stretching. There's something about the challenging. There's something about the taking you out of your comfort zone, stretching. That was in 2 Kings 4 when Elisha stretched out on the boy that was dead. He had a severe migraine, killed him. And Elisha went to him, laid across him, and raised him from the dead. Then here he is, a dead man buried himself. And they throw a dead man on top of Elisha, who's dead. And the anointing of God, so powerful, I guess, on Elisha's life, that that man was raised from the dead. Is my life led in such a way that when dead things get around me, they come back to life? I don't need a resolution. I need a revolution. I need a government overthrow. I need a flesh carnal overthrow so that the spirit man overthrows the flesh man in every area of my life. I need that. I desire that, Lord. In 2023, let our spirit man become so awakened and so alive that when we look in the mirror and other people look at us, It's as if we are dead men and dead women walking. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Bless you guys. Love you.